All right, everyone said amen. 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 Thank you guys for the great worship music. It's uh, wonderful to sing praises to the Lord on Wednesday mornings. We're studying through the book of Psalms, and Psalms is, is that songbook of the Old Testament. And to uh, see and hear about the praises of the Lord that God's people really uh, give to him is just a thing of wonder. So thank you guys so very much. I want to remind you guys to don't forget about Wednesday evenings. And we started our Wednesday evening programs back and had a really great beginning last Wednesday. We're having a meal, uh, just a, a full course meal. I mean, this thing was great. Uh, and so you guys come, 6.30, enjoy the meal together, fellowship time, and then at 7 we divide up into our disciple group, so don't forget about that. Bring some friends with you and, uh, you know, give them an invitation to come to church and a uh, good place to start on Wednesday night. So thank you guys for uh, that very uh, time. So turn your Bibles, if you would, this morning uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This morning at the close of our service, we'll be enjoying the celebration Lord's Supper, so uh, it's uh, always an exciting time when we do that as a church family. Uh, it's a way that God has given us to remember Him. It's a physical way to remember a spiritual truth, spiritual reality of salvation, that Jesus Christ gave up His life for us so that we could know Him, our sins could be forgiven, that we could have a relationship with Him. And so I just want to encourage you in that to think about this morning uh, as we worship together in His Word, what it means to be saved, what it means to know Christ as our personal Savior. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul reminds the church about how important this celebration is. As a matter of fact, they'd gotten kind of, not just kind of lax, but very lax and very disrespectful of the Lord. And what the Lord's Supper is all about, what communion is all about. And so Paul gave them some uh, instruction, but also along with that, he uh, gave them some admonition about how they needed to change some things about that and about how they observed the Lord's Supper. And so uh, we're going to look at that some this morning. But first of all, uh, you know, I want us to consider this morning what the Lord's Supper isn't, or what communion. I say the Lord's Supper because good Southern Baptists call it that, right? We, we call it the Lord's Supper, and, uh, or it's communion, however you want to describe it, same thing. But uh, what, what it's not sometimes helps us define what it is. And certainly when we think about communion, the Lord's Supper, one of the things that it's not that a lot of other groups teach is it is not a means for salvation. It is not a means where God imparts grace to us. Uh, it's not the, the bread doesn't become Christ's body, uh, the drink doesn't become Christ's blood. It does not. And so it's not in itself a way that God forgives our sins. But what it is, it's a memorial of what Christ did for us in forgiving our sins, the life that he gave up, the body that was broken, the blood that was shed for our sins. That's what it reminds us of. And so Christ gave this great ordinance to the church to remind us of the depths of his love for us and what he was willing to commit for our redemption. Another thing that is not, it's not a time of remorse. Right, But it's a time of revival and really of dedication or rededication. If it reminds us of 
his unfailing love for us, his sacrifice and his commitment to us, then it certainly ought to remind us of our need to be committed to him. Our need to be rededicated to him and to uh, what his purpose is for us. And so we celebrate uh, communion, the Lord's Supper. And something else that it's not, it's not the table of this church only, but it's Christ's table for all believers. All those who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are those that participate in the Lord's Supper. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, uh, I'm so glad you're here this morning, by the way. Uh, but uh, the Lord's Supper probably wouldn't have very much meaning to you because of the nature of it and what it is for believers. But uh, it's, it's not for uh, certain groups only, but it's for all those who know and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, listen to what Paul says, and I want to begin. Uh, we're going to focus our attention on verses 20 through 32. But I want to read for you from verse 17 through the end of the chapter because it sets all this in context. Listen to what the Bible says. Now, in giving those instructions, I do not praise you since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For, first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there's division among you, and in part, I believe it. For there must also be fractions among, factions among you, uh, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. <laughs> For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of the other, and one is hungry and another is, is drunk. Uh, what? Do you not have homes to eat in and to drink in? Or do you not despise uh, the church of the Lord and shame those who have nothing? What shall we say to you? Shall, we, shall I praise you for this? Uh, I do not praise you. What Paul's saying here is that you guys are, are, have the wrong attitude. Uh, you have the, the wrong heart for the Lord's Supper. They were putting themselves first. They were selfish in their actions. Uh, they were forgetting about what this was all about. Uh, and they were just kind of making a mockery of communion, the Lord's Supper. Paul says, I, I'm not going to commend you for that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I want to chide you for that. And I want to reprimand you for that. Uh, because that's not the purpose of what God has given us uh, communion for. Uh, and then he goes on and he, he gives us some instruction. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same hour, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Uh, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take... Eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, uh, This cup is the new covenant in which my blood, <coughs> in my blood, excuse me, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord till he comes. And therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup uh, of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 
For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest he come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Pray with me if you would this morning. Father in heaven, I'm so thankful today for uh, this wonderful time of remembrance. Where that we take time to think about the depths of your love and your sacrifice and the commitment that you made for us that our sins might be forgiven. Father, I pray that you'll help us through this word understand how important your sacrifice is and the amazing things that's accomplished through your death, burial, and resurrection. And Lord, just teach us this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we begin to think about what this means, let's consider what really communion and the Lord's Supper is. First of all, it's a time Jesus calls us to to remember. It's a time that we remember. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Paul restated what Jesus had had, uh, revealed to him, that it's a time to remember. Now, listen, it's a time to remember what Christ has done for us. Uh, You know, sometimes uh, we're not good at remembering, are we? We're a little bit forgetful. I don't know about you, but uh, in in my latter years here, I'm getting a lot more forgetful. uh, So I have to make a lot more notes, and I have to... Uh, make a lot more reminders in my phone to keep me informed on the things that I need to be focused on. Well, Jesus gave us the most important thing that we as believers of the church uh, should be focused on, and that's His sacrifice for us. And so we're called to remember. God has given us a wonderful way to physically be reminded of what He's done for us when we take the Lord's Supper. Now, we know in the church here at Garrison Baptist Church, we believe in the church has two ordinances. One is communion, the Lord's Supper. The other is baptism. And communion and baptism both are examples or ways that we can be reminded of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Certainly, communion reminds us about his broken body, his shed blood. Baptism reminds us of his death, burial, and resurrection. All those are pictures of the gospel, and those are the things that God has given us as, as believers to remind us of his commitment to us. And so he tells us to remember. You know, one of the ways or one of the things that we need to remember is the practical effects that his death has for us, right? What does his death accomplish for us as believers? What do we gain from believing in Jesus Christ's death for us? Let me give you some things. First of all, let me just remind you that your price was paid for your sins that each of us have committed. That through his death, the price was paid for the sins that I committed. The Bible says it's his body and his blood that are shed. Scripture says that his body, his blood, his death is the payment for the ransoming of our soul, the payment for our sin death. 
The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we need to be remembering and celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ died for us so that our sins could be paid for. We just sang that great gospel song, Are You Washed in the Blood? One of those things that Jesus accomplished for us on the cross is that our sins are paid for. Another thing that he accomplished on the cross also is that your peace is secured because of Jesus Christ's death. Paul writes in Colossians to the church and the believers there, he says, having made peace through the blood of the cross. That's how our peace was made with God. Listen, before we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we were alienated from him, that we were at enmity with God, that we were enemies with God. We were in rebellion against him. But the cross is that very thing that, that gave us common ground for peace with God. And Jesus Christ died on that cross so that we could have peace with God. You know, if we don't have peace with God, let me tell you, we can't have peace anywhere else in our life. We'll never have relationships that, that are characterized with peace. Uh, we'll, we'll never live in, in, in a sense of being at peace until that first peace is secured, that peace that we need with God himself. It's done through the cross of Jesus Christ, that he has secured our peace for us on our behalf. You know, another thing that, that's pretty amazing as well, and practical certainly, is that we were purchased from a worthless life. Do you realize that you say, well, Brother Mike, life's not worthless. No, life's not worthless. But what is, is that when we choose to live an empty life apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, when we, when we choose to live a, a life that really has no eternal value, or, or that accomplishes nothing for the glory of God, when we continue to choose to live separated from God, then in the sense that, that we're, we're living a, a life that doesn't have value to it. Listen to what the Scripture says. First uh, Peter chapter 1, he says this, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Peter says, listen, every one of us that have accepted Jesus Christ, that, that his death on the cross has purchased our life from aimlessness, and emptiness, and really valuelessness. And so now, what does Jesus give us in return? He gives us purpose and value and reason. He gives us direction and meaning and fulfillment in life. He fills us up with Himself and with His cause and with His purpose. And He reminds us of that very thing through this communion service. Not only does he purchase us from a worthless life, but let me say to you as well that your presence before God is assured by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Hebrews has this to say about that very thing. Listen to what the Bible says. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us 
through the veil that is his flesh. You see, the Bible reminds us that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. That the very things that separated us from God, his holiness, our sinfulness, Jesus Christ tore through that separation, tore through that barrier that kept us from having that relationship with, with him. And so every time we enjoy communion, the Lord's Supper, we're reminded of that very thing. You know, I, I love what the Bible says of the picture of Jesus Christ and what happened. Do you remember what happened at the death of Jesus Christ? The Bible says the veil of the temple, the, uh, the holy of holies, the temple, the, the, in there the veil that separated everyone from that sacred place was torn in half from top to bottom. You see, Jesus Christ through his death, through the sacrifice of himself, has made a way for us to have this relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we have communion, we're reminded of those practical things that we have in Christ. Well, how about this? Maybe we not only should be practical about it, but maybe we ought to be personal about it. We ought to be reminded about the personal nature of what Jesus Christ has done for us, the personal effect of his death on our life. How many of you can remember when his death became real to you? When the first time you knew Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? You know, I think it affected all of us different. Every time I hear someone share their salvation testimony, I I hear different things from different people. Uh, how unique God is that He doesn't save us and all, all the He saves us all the same way when it comes to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, but He doesn't bring it, us to Himself the same way. My circumstances when I came to Christ were different than yours, but they were similar in the sense that I was lost and dead in my sins, just like you were. And, and then when I came and put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What, what wonder it was in my, in my understanding. How great it was. You know, for me, I, I remember how good I felt. I mean, I felt like, I felt like my burdens, uh, those weighty things in my life, they weren't gone. But I felt like there was hope on how to resolve those. Uh, you know, for me, it was that feeling of something different. I mean, it it just wasn't the same anymore. And God began to bear that out of my life in the days to come. Because things began to radically change. And the things I hated, I began to love. And the things I loved, God began to help me to not like so much. As I used to. And, And all that was personal to me. Just like your relationship. Your coming to Christ is personal to you. You see, when we enjoy communion or when we observe the Lord's Supper, it's a personal thing for me because of what Christ did for me. It becomes personal when I begin to remember what my life was, what was going on with me before I came to Jesus Christ, how He helped me through all those hard times of life and how he continues to do that as well and so jesus says paul writes it's a time to remember you know another thing about communion not only is it a time to remember but it's also a time to respond 
You, you see, I really believe that in our hearts that it's a time to respond. You know, if we look back at this scripture and we see that Paul was chiding the church in, in Corinth because of, of their cavalier attitude toward the Lord's Supper. I mean, they, they weren't remembering how significant and how important the death of Jesus Christ was. It, it just began to be a social thing for them. And they came in and the rich brought lavish food and the poor were starving. Think about how that dishonors God. The greatest act of love that God has ever done for us is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. And in remembrance of the greatest act of love that God has done for us, here was a church that was despising the love of God, despising their brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul said, don't do that. Don't do that. Listen, none of us are worthy of this great remembrance except that we're in Jesus Christ and, and, and what Paul was reminding them of was their attitude toward the death of Jesus Christ. How simple it was to them, how insignificant it was to them because of their actions. And so what God is calling us is to remember how, how important this, this very, very thing is. They were, they were selfish and divided. And they were proud and not humble. And all those things are, are offensive to God. So Paul says, listen, examine yourself. Think about what you're doing. Think about what all this means. You know, I read a story years ago about uh, in Chicago. Uh, there was a large church who owned a pretty significant piece of a block. And on the corner of that block, they had a, a garden where people could come in and pray and sit and meditate or whatever. And in the edge of that garden, in full view of the busy streets and the corner where this thing sat, there was a statue. And it, the statue was a depiction of Christ on the cross. And in, in all the skill that the artists had to carve out this statue was the agony of the Lord Jesus Christ. The agony in his face and his eyes, the crown of thorns on his head, the blood that was coming from his brow, the piercings and the nails in his hand and feet, his side ripped open, his body, last the artist had done such a, an amazing job with depicting the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. But on the bottom of that statue, they engraved a verse of Scripture. And that verse of Scripture is Lamentation chapter 1, first part of verse 12. And on that busy corner where thousands of people probably pass by every day was this statue of Jesus Christ being crucified. And this verse of Scripture on the bottom of it, Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? Does this mean nothing? We live in a world today where people every day moment by moment pass by the truth of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ without a response. But certainly as believers who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ, who understand His sacrifice, need to remember how important it is. Paul says in verse 28, he says, examine yourselves. You know, when we're called to examine ourselves, it's to take a deep inward look. 
that the Word of God and the Holy Spirit can really show us our level of commitment for the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder sometimes if this scripture shouldn't pierce our heart as well. You know, does it mean anything as we pass by in our busy life? Or is Jesus worth taking time to serve and commit our lives wholeheartedly to to examine ourselves and, 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 and see where our apathy is or where our inconsistency is in loving and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Is, is He really worth it? I really believe He is. I really do. Well, another thing about the Lord's Supper also is not only it's time to respond and a time to remember, but also it's time to rejoice. I mean, come on, this is the best thing that's ever happened for us. Rejoice. It's encouraging, isn't it? To know that God loves us so much. And to have a reminder of His love for us. It's not only encouraging, but also communion is engaging. What other thing can we think about that has more weightiness on our soul, our eternal life, our relationship with God than what Jesus did on the cross for us? Say, Brother Mike, that's a simple message. It really is. Jesus died for our sins. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Simple, but yet so amazingly profound that the radical change in our lives happens because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. It's engaging. I'll tell you what, the cross of Christ will wrestle at the very depths of our soul. Why would He do that for me? Why would he give up his life for me? Why wouldn't God choose another way to save us? I don't know. But what I do know is that he did. That he demonstrated his own love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so, listen, it's a time of rejoicing. It's a time, communion is a time of that's evangelistic. It's, Paul says, do this until he comes. In other words, remind yourself until he comes. If we're remembering what Jesus Christ has done for us, then how much more are we engaged in telling other people that Jesus did it for you too? And we do it until the Lord comes. You see, we're not, we're not given time off permission. We're not given uh, uh, an exception in the timeline of God's plan for us to not be telling other people about Jesus Christ. We do it until the Lord comes. Till the Lord comes for you, right? Or till the Lord comes with you. We're to be telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ, about His death, about salvation. And then also it's a time to kind of rethink some things, isn't it? Time to rethink about how blessed we are for our forgiveness in Jesus Christ. How wonderful it is to be a child of God, forgiven, saved, eternally, eternally rescued by the Lord Jesus Christ. All those things are time to rethink about who He is. So this morning, in just a minute, I want to ask our deacons to come forward.
you guys would take a seat on the front row in just a second. They're going to come and they're going to serve you. These symbols that represent exactly what we've talked about in the Bible today. They represent Jesus Christ's body. The Bible says his body was broken for our sins. Now, this symbol of the drink represents his shed blood for us. Now, listen. You may be here this morning. It's the first time you've ever heard anything like this. Or it's really the first time that you really thought about what Jesus Christ could do for you and what he might mean to you. I want to thank you for that today. You keep on thinking about that because I'd love to talk to you later about that. But in just a moment as our, our, our deacons serve you, uh, we'll share in this great remembrance of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Pray with me if you would. Father in heaven, we're so thankful today that we have a reminder. And Lord, as we take this reminder of your amazing love, your gift of yourself, the redemption that we have through your blood, the salvation that you've offered to whosoever will call on your name, is, is all, it's all a reminder of our salvation. So Father, I pray that this time that we'll take it in the spirit of how it's intended in the Word of God. How it's significant and important. Father, we thank you for the joy and the privilege in Jesus' name to share in this time. Amen. This morning, we uh, have a, a little bit different way that we're going to uh, share communion this morning. Uh, because of the nature of uh, the virus, we... Uh, kind of purchase some elements for you that are going to be together. So normally our deacons would serve you the bread and we'd serve the drink and uh, then we would uh, take those separately and we're going to do that this morning but you're going to receive it all at one time, okay? So uh, uh, notice the differences for me. It's still the same motive and meaning that we have this morning and uh, we'll do that uh, as as we progress. So. Bible says in Luke's gospel that on that night that Jesus was betrayed that he gave uh, these instructions to uh, set in place for the church this memorial. First of all, the Bible says, and he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
want to ask Brad this morning if he'll pray for this symbol of Christ's broken body, this bread, as we share it together, remembering his sacrifice. Dearly Father, as we come again to this communion time, Father, we just remember the sacrifice of your son. We remember the gift of your son first, Father, and we remember the sacrifice that he gave for us and our sins on the cross. And we thank you so much for your concern, for your mercy and your grace, Father, that we would, as sinners, be worthy of your son um, dying on the cross for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Will you share with me this symbol of Christ's broken body? Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. When asked by the AJ if he'd pray for this symbol representing Christ's blood. Father God, we are not worthy this morning. Father, we are so glad that you had a plan to save us. Father, that plan involved your son. Father, at this time, we remember what he did for each and every one of us. Father, we are not worthy today or any day, but we are so glad that you've given us the opportunity to come and to know you. We're thankful that you have redeemed us from the penalty of our sin, and you took our place. And at this time, we remember you taking our place by the shedding of your blood. So at this time, we honor you this and we thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Share with me this symbol of Christ's shed blood. Thank you guys so much this morning for uh, worshiping and praising the Lord this morning with me together. Uh, A couple of announcements before we close I want to share with you guys. Please don't forget about Wednesday night. It's just a great time to get a fellowship, good food.